Welcome you to the OTP, presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. You can plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for better coverage, better rates, and better customer service. They've been providing Tennesseans with the home field advantage for almost 75 years. With Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. It is Thursday. The Titans have two days of practice completed. And in watching today's workout, I didn't get to see all of it. We got to see some of it, Amy. Still a lot of Titans not on the practice field. Yes, still a lot of Titans not on the practice field. That is correct. But if there is a silver lining, there are a lot of guys who are getting a lot of extra reps and a lot of good work. So the guys who will be required to step up this week, they're going to be ready to go. Julio Jones did not practice. Taylor Lewan did not practice. Brett Kern did not practice. Uh, the biggest part of the group in terms of uh, everybody you need to know right now. Titans 21 on the injury report from Wednesday. And, you know, several of those guys did get work on Thursday, but uh, not a not a heavy practice week for the Titans at all because they're just not able to do that. Right. You're seeing a lot of things at a lot slower rate of speed than maybe you would see at a practice at this time of the year normally. Lots of walkthrough type things, but that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. The mental aspect of it, Mike Keith, just as important as the physical aspect of it. Yeah, but it'd be nice to. <laughs> I mean, you're I'm trying, you are, Mike. I'm you are trying. looking for the silver lining at everything. I really am. I'm feeling very peppy and optimistic today, and it doesn't happen a lot. So I'm trying so to just I really should just lean grab in. a hold of yeah, it. Yeah, lean in, Mike. Yes. Love seeing Caleb Farley back out there, and it feels like we're going to see him sooner rather than later. And that's exciting. Some decisions coming. Darrington Evans back at practice. He could return from IR. Marcus Johnson could return from IR at the wide receiver position. Brady Breeze could return from IR at the safety position. So some decisions to make there. And probably some decisions to make in the offensive line. If Aaron Brewer can't play, do you have to go get somebody else who can snap off of the practice squad? It's possible. It's certainly possible with the fact that not only is Levin a guard, but he can also play center, and the Titans have both guards and centers hurt at this point in Roger Saffold, who was in concussion protocol after the game, and then Ben Jones, who's been battling a neck injury. So a whole lot of shaking probably going on for John Robinson as he figures out what they're going to have at the end of this week and what they're going to need. Yep, there's a lot of different things to consider, a lot of moving parts and pieces. That practice squad, great option. There are a lot of guys on that right now that have been with the program from the very beginning, who have been here since training camp, so that's good. Not bringing in new guys off the street and making them play right away, so that's a positive thing because that's always a little jarring. John Simon is a guy who is not new. He was cut uh, a couple months ago and is back with the ball club right now at outside linebacker. We'll see if they decide to bring him up based on Sharif Finch's availability. The good news, I think the best news probably of all, is Bud Dupree has been back to work. And right. uh, Bud Dupree talked to the media today and made it pretty obvious that maybe he tried to come back and play too fast. Yeah, and injuries are so tricky, and especially something like what he was dealing with. It, 
it's it's easy to want to feel good and so you feel good you know that thing where it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy potentially he tweaked something and made it an issue I know he's been frustrated he wants to be back out there he wants to be working with his guys but he's also really kind of stepped into this leadership role and has been able to help some of the other guys along the way. And uh, Shane Bowen was talking today about how helpful that has been to have the veteran leadership of Bud Dupree. So can't underestimate that aspect of it as well. But, yeah, I think he's ready to get out and play. Well, his ACL was late in the season. Yeah. And that puts you on a different timetable. For example, the ACL injury that Taylor LeJuan sustained was in October. So you're generally talking about that as a nine-month bounce back. Essentially, Bud Dupree was ahead of that nine months. He thought he was. He certainly showed up some in the first two games when he played, but you know didn't wasn't good enough to go in each of the last two. And now you know, do you regulate his reps a little bit? How do you how do you handle that? Because you need Bud Dupree on the opposite side of Harold Landry the rest of the way. Absolutely. And the good thing is that, see, I told you I'm so positive You today. are positive. I'm just really leaning into it. You are it. radiating positivity. I'm all into it. The Titans training staff knows what they're doing. They've been working with him for an extended period of time now. They're familiar with his body. He's a veteran guy. He's familiar with his body. So there's a lot of people who can help him kind of regulate those reps who can help him stay on track be consistent with his training and recovery and the things that he needs to do to make sure that he can make it through the rest of the season and you know if that means that you don't see him on every single snap that the defense has that's okay I mean there there are bigger rewards to keeping Bud Dupree in a good place where he doesn't potentially re-damage something. Well, and Harold Landry plays over 90% of the snaps. Yeah, Harold Landry is is taking the lion's share of those snaps, so. Well, he's a machine. And I, and, and he, he doesn't has, even care. He has really played outstanding football this year. I would go so far as to say that outside of Derrick Henry, He's probably been the top Titan in terms of performance through four games. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's been so consistent, so reliable, and the load just doesn't seem to bother him. He said, this is what I train for. <laughs> this, this is the point, is to be able to play whenever my number is called, and wow, his number is called. Well, Shane Bowen was the person that we used on the Titans files on Tuesday night, Mike Vrabel's show, where he talked about Harold Landry and went through all of the points of Harold Landry. He said, you know, we asked Harold Landry to do some things that maybe not in the best interest of Harold Landry as a performer, but in the best interest of the football team because we just need somebody to do the job and that he's always willing to do whatever job he's asked to do. If you, if, if Dupree can give you Dupree-like reps from, from Pittsburgh – I mean, they are a formidable duo. There's just no other way to put it because Dupree is another relentless run stopper who, I mean, brings it all of the time. I think everybody's just excited to see that tandem together, and we'll see if the defense could do it. The defense has done some good things this year. They are much better in terms of the yardage they've given up. They've been much better on third downs. They've been better – in the red zone in terms of allowing touchdowns, but they made the big plays. And that's really the whole story about these Titans through four games is the Tennessee Titans are 2-2. Two and two. 
because they haven't made enough big plays on offense or defense. Yeah, it's the those explosive plays, those major moments. You see the Titans are so close, and you keep thinking they're going to break it. They're going to hit something. They're going to get to that point where it just all kind of explodes, that magical moment where it seems like everything is clicking. Just haven't gotten there yet. And I think that you saw that in New York. I think you saw kind of the opposite side of what happens when you're not getting some of those big plays on either side of the ball. And the opposing team is. You can see what that can do, not only in terms of just the morale and kind of the momentum swing of a game, but also in the mathematical yardage and your placement on the field. So Hopefully this team is close, though. It's not something that they haven't noticed. Like, we haven't sleuthed something out that they don't know. So they're working on it. So I was looking at Jacksonville last night, and the thing that jumps out about Jacksonville's defense is they're big. Malcolm Brown's 330. Devon Hamilton is 335. Josh Allen at outside linebackers, 255 pounds. Clavon Chason's 255. Inside linebackers, Miles Jack and Damian Wilson, uh, 255 and 243, respectively. And in the secondary, they're big. Shaq Griffin, the corner, 6 feet 200. Tyson Campbell, the rookie out of Georgia, 6'1", 195. Uh, the safeties, Rayshon Jenkins is 6'1", 200. And Andrew Wingard is 6 feet 200. Even the nickel, Trey Herndon, is 5'11", 190. So they have size. They have had problems against the pass. Jacksonville has given up a 100-yard receiver in every game wow. this year. And in the Arizona game, they gave up two. So they've given up 500-yard receivers in four games. They've been okay against the run. You know, not, not great. They certainly don't have the vaunted front that the Jets did. Offensively, uh, they're, they're a football team that relies on their young quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. And they're looking for big things out of him he and LaVisca Chenault seem to be a combo. James Robinson, the running back, is off to a nice start. Okay, so that's a little bit of an overview. For more on the Jacksonville Jaguars, I was joined earlier this week by the voice of the Jags, Frank Frangie. And I will warn you that in the course of the conversation, I do ask him about Urban Meyer. But I don't ask him about the Urban Meyer quote-unquote situation. We're talking about Urban Meyer as a coach. I, I don't know that I would have anyway. At the point we did the interview, we didn't realize kind of what a wacky deal it was or that it was going to be. But at the same time, I mean, to the Titans this weekend and to the OT people, who cares? Who cares? Got to win a football game. Right. Yep. So here's Frank Frangie from earlier this week. Pleased to be joined by the longtime voice of the Jacksonville Jaguars, my friend, Frank Frangi. Frank, a weekend off, a, a chance to breathe after Thursday night football. Well, that's exactly right, Mike. Good to be on with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it is. It, is. Uh, the, it gets busy, right? And so the Thursday nighters, we don't get very many of those. So I uh, had a weekend off and could relax a little bit and, and ready to get back to the grind. No, no question about it. All right. So I want to dive into the Jacksonville situation through four games this year. You and I had a chance to talk this summer, and we were both interested to see how Urban Meyer would do becoming a pro coach, understanding that this probably would not be a great record for Jacksonville this year with all the changes. 
How have you seen him through this adjustment? Any surprises or about what you thought? I didn't think they'd be 0-4. I thought they'd win because Houston had some concerns. I thought they'd win to start the season. So I'm not going to say I thought they'd be 0-4. You know, it's been a, there's been a lot of newness, Mike. This is all new. Urban's never coached in this league. Trevor's never played in this league. There's a lot of coaches on the staff that really are have been college coaches. So you can see them learning. The team's getting better. I'll say this about Urban. He has really handled all of this. He's been he's been transparent. He's been upfront. He has said, listen, this is new to me. I've got to learn as I go. He's not been this uptight, apoplectic guy that we saw in the past and everybody thought we were going to see again. He's not been like that, man. He's been pretty laid back about it. Now, he's frustrated, and, and good coaches want to win. They're going to be frustrated. But, no, I, I, think, uh, I think they're getting better. I can say this. Called a lot of games here. This team's made as much progress week to week to week. They were better in week two than week one, better in week three, and then better in week four. So I, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I think Urban says he's going to break that rock. I don't know if they'll break it, but they're going to dent it. I, I like what I've seen, which, again, sounds crazy from an 0-4 team. They're just not as talented as some of these guys are playing. But I think he's done an okay job so far. I really do. The quarterback is awfully talented in Trevor Lawrence. What have you seen so far in terms of his play and his progress? He's learning. That's what I see. The hardware is there, Mike. He's big arm, as good an arm as we've ever seen around here. He's athletic. He's smart. He's a humble kid, too. I think the best part is he doesn't act like, hey, look at me, I'm a star. He's had to adjust. Look, for the most part, every game he's played, his receiver was better than the guy covering it. I got to believe those Clemson receivers were better than that Wake Forest corner. And the Cartersville high Receivers were better than the North Marietta high corner. Well, it's not like that now. Now, everybody's good. And I think he's had to adjust to the speed of the game, the speed of the pass rush, the speed of the cornerback. He'll tell you that. And I think he's learning. But again, I think he's gotten better every game. He's going to be good, man. I'm just telling you, he's got that in about him. He's, he's grounded. He's talented. It's going to take a while, like all these young guys. But I like I really like this guy. I, I, you're going to like him, Mike. You're going to get to know this guy. The league is over the years. You're going to like Trevor Lawrence. He's a special talent and a special guy. He really is. Very few tall guys can move like he can move, not just to get away from the rush, but actually run. Has it surprised you in watching him how mobile he is? It hasn't. You're right. He's twitchy for a 6'6 guy, isn't he? You know why it didn't surprise me? Because we all saw that, remember in the playoffs, that 60-yard run against whoever it was against? I think we all watched that when he's a Clemson. Go, Whoa, he's fast, too, on top of that. He's a very good athlete. Now, what they're trying to figure out, they don't want to get him hurt. So they didn't. They, it was very clear against the Texans, Mike. They didn't want him running at all, at all. Now they said, you know, that might have been a mistake. Athletic quarterbacks are running. It's going to be interesting to see how he runs. Uh, Kyler Murray runs to pass. He doesn't try to make yards as a runner. He runs to stay alive to keep the pass alive. Uh, Lamar Jackson runs to run. So it'll be interesting to see how they play that with Trevor and what Trevor decides to do. But you're right. I'm not surprised because we saw it a little bit of Clemson. But he's a really athletic guy to be as long and lean as he is. He really is. So I think that's going to be part of who he is, is that it's his career kind of unfolds here. Speaking of running, James Robinson looked like he was going to lose at least some of his carries to Travis Etienne. And then Etienne gets hurt and is lost for the year. And now it's turned back over to James Robinson. He has started to come on and get back in that group. Yeah, he's a good back. He's not he's not physical like Derek is up there. He's not super fast like Alvin Kamara is. 
but he's just a good back. He's I, I compare him a lot, and I got to be careful when I say this. I'm not saying as good as, but in terms of running style, Mike, he's very Emmett Smith. He's not super fast. He's not super big. But Emmett found every hole, and Emmett took a blocking for a two-yard run and made it a six-yard run. That was his career. And, and James is like that. He finds these little cracks. He's a good running back. I think the plan, I think, really was going to be James and Carlos Hyde were going to be the downhill runners, and ETN was probably going to be the third down guy. Now, with no ETN, James does a lot of that, and we didn't have Carlos Hyde last week either. He's a pretty good player. Again, he's not going 80 like Leonard Fournette did, but he's going six and seven. When with him on your team, there's a lot of second and fours. If you can have second and four in the NFL, you're going to win some games. And you have a lot of second and fours with James Robinson, which is a, which is a good thing. He's a nice guy. He's a fun back to watch for sure. The stats on Jacksonville's defense have not been great to start the year, giving up over 400 yards and 28 points. Where do you see progress in the defense through the first four weeks, Frank Frangie? Not as much as I'd like. I think they're trying. I think Joe Cullen, the defensive coordinator, comes from the Ravens, has a lot of those Raven ideas, the, the, that 3-4 that the Ravens and the Steelers use for all those years, Mike, where you'll zone blitz sometimes and you'll send the house sometimes and you'll send the safety in the corner and drop the end. They do that. They need more good players. Josh Allen has not impacted the pocket like they thought he might yet. Caleb Chase on another first-round draft pick, hasn't yet. The pass rush has been a problem. I, they will tell you they've been good against the run. Uh, the pass rush hasn't gotten there. If, there's, if you could point to one element of an 0-4 start, in my mind, more than anything else, it's pass rush. In this league, you got every quarterback's good. Every quarterback knows how to navigate defense if he has time. And, and if there's one thing that's been a real Achilles heel to an 0-4 team is they haven't gotten to the passer. That's why I think the numbers are – they stopped they stop the run. I say stopped. They've been pretty good against the run. Against Cincinnati the other night, uh, Mixon had virtually nothing in the, in the first half. So then they went heavy in the second half, and he started to get some yards. But they've, they've played the run okay. They haven't made a lot of plays in the back end, but they haven't had people run by him either. The problem has been a pass rush. They've got to rush the passer better because they haven't done a good job of that. So Josh Allen really has to get back to 2019 Josh Allen, right? That's right. And, and, I, and I don't – you know, he's been – last year was weird with COVID. He was in and out of some practices. This year it's a new defense. But Josh would be the first to tell you, he's got to be an impact player. He's He's got to be this team's T.J. Watt or Vaughn Miller. He's got to be this team's version of that. And that hasn't happened yet, whether he's getting chipped a little, Mike, getting doubled a little. But he hasn't gotten there. He's been close. But the, I don't think the interior guys are going to be great pass rushers. I think as they continue, remember, this team was 1-15 last year. So when you're 1-15, you got some roster building to do. And I think they're going to still have to do that. But, yeah, Josh hasn't played as well as he would like and certainly hasn't been the disruptive force he was a few years ago. Frank, Logan Cook, one of the best punters in the National Football League. Josh Lambeau has been an outstanding kicker, but he's off to a rough start this year. Are the Jaguars worried about their place kicker? Yeah, they are. They are. That's why Matthew Wright kicked last week. Josh Lambeau, he, he look, and that's bizarre. He has been one of the best kickers in the league, had, a hit, had hip surgery now. And you got to believe a hip with a kicker, like a golfer, all the torque, a, a hip's a big deal with a kicker. That may be the worst injury. That may be worse than a leg or a knee injury for a kicker because of the torque. He had, he had hip surgery in the offseason. Then I think it became mental. He's, he missed all three field goals and missed a couple extra points. So the Jags brought in Matthew Wright, a former kicker at UCF. But they didn't cut Josh. It was interesting, Mike. He's still on the team. They said he's working through some performance mental stuff. They want to help him through it because they know he's been a good kicker. 
So he didn't kick last week, but he's still on the team. This week, both Matthew Wright, who they called up for the practice squad, and Josh are both on the roster, and they will really compete this week to see who kicks against the Titans, which is, as long as we've been in this league, very unusual. Usually if a kicker kicker's your kicker, and if he's not, then you cut him and you bring in the next kicker. But, but I think they believe in what Josh has been. I think they believe in how hard he's working at it. Urban talks at length about that. I don't think they know where they're going to go. I, I can tell you sitting here uh, on Monday, I don't know who their kicker is going to be. Uh, and I, we may not know till Wednesday or Thursday. So they hope Josh refines himself. Uh, it's been a struggle so far for sure. All right, so let's wrap up with this. Jacksonville continues improving. They're getting better. They're a very young team. What steps do they have to take to finally break through yeah. and win a game? What do you need to see for that to happen? Yeah, so there's two ways to ask that question. As to win a game, which means get one as soon as they can. They keep getting better. I think Trevor has to learn what defenses are doing. I think that's the one thing, and he would tell you that. They will tell you that. A better understanding of what NFL defense is doing. I'm telling you, he knew it better in game two, Mike, than game one, and it's gotten better every time. Daryl Bevel's got to decide, do we run him? We had by week three there were some planned runs. By week four there was a bunch of planned runs, not just RPOs. I mean designed runs where he's designed to keep it in run. They weren't sure how much of that to do, so they've got to figure him out. He's got to figure the league out. And I think as that starts happening, they got to make some plays down the field. The DJ Chark's out now. He was their best playmaker down the field. I think you might see Jamal Agnew more as a receiver. He's been a great return guy, so they've got to make some plays down the field. Trevor's got to learn the league better, and he's starting to. And, Mike, they got to get a pass rush. The one thing that has really hurt them, I think you'll see this week, nobody stops Derrick Henry, and this franchise hasn't even slowed him as much as they'd like. But they're better against the run. This will be a better run defense, Mike, than you've seen from the Jags in a number of years, probably since 17. But they haven't been good rushing the passer. So Trevor learning the league a little bit better and getting to where they rush the passer better, I think those are the two uh, gigantic things for them, Mike. Frank Franchi, we look forward to seeing you Sunday in Jacksonville. Titans and the Jags, always appreciate the time. I look forward to it, man. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Good guy, good announcer, longtime talk show host down in the Jacksonville area. And a guy, I mean, he's a major Florida Gator. And so the whole Urban Meyer experiment as some people referred to it with hiring a guy who had no pro experience and then turning over your entire football operation to him didn't seem so crazy to Frank Frangie because his team won two national championships with Urban Meyer so you're going to certainly have confidence guy's been a winner everywhere he's been he's 187 and 32 as a head coach which is an incredible record how is he handling losing which you are going to do in the NFL. Yes. Yeah, and that's that was kind of a similar conversation that people were having with Trevor Lawrence going into his mm-hmm. rookie year because my man never lost. Ever. He never high school, college, he had never lost. So that was an interesting experiment. Now they are both getting a little taste of what that's like together. I mean, it seems that they are keeping it moving, but beyond some of the goofery that has happened in other places. But it's definitely, I I can imagine it's definitely a big learning curve for everybody involved down there. Yeah, the goofery thing, I mean, that can't matter to the Tennessee Titans. It does, And I don't think it does. I have not heard 
a whiff of it here. And I don't think it's going to matter to the Jacksonville Jaguars come noon central time on Sunday. I don't think it's – I think it stopped mattering to the Jacksonville Jaguars after their Wednesday morning meeting. Right. I, I don't think this situation has anything to do with this ballgame. Titans just simply have to find a way to win it. We're on the air at 11 a.m. Central with Titans Countdown, Amy Wells and Rhett Bryan. Kickoff shortly afternoon from TIAA Bank Field in Jacksonville. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a lovely day in Florida. Not 800 degrees? It's not going to be 800 degrees. It's going to be low 80s, it looks like, which, shoot, for Jacksonville is magnificent. And I don't think the humidity is going to be 130% like it normally is. There, It's usually 100 degrees on the field. Oh, like, yeah. The, the sideline reporter sitting here is very pleased with the weather forecast. Outstanding. Well, we're glad you're pleased. Yes, I know. And optimistic. Just bright and sunshiny today. The OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Healthcare coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans is like an extra set of pads when you need them the most. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. For Amy Wells, I'm Mike Key. Thanking you for listening to the OTP. Welcome to the big show where the legends go. Fighting for Tennessee, making history, greatness is meant to be ours now. Hey, we got Titan blood running through our veins.